Welcome to the Underrepresented in Tech podcast, hosted by Michelle Frechette and Ali Nimmons. Underrepresented in Tech is a free database built with the goal of helping people find new opportunities in WordPress and tech overall. Hi, Ali. Hi, Michelle. How are you? I am good. How are you? I'm good. It's good. Friday, which is always nice. Um, we don't always record on Fridays, but sometimes we do. And it's like a fun way to to cap off the week. Absolutely. Guess what I'm doing tonight? What are you doing? I am going to, I'm going to Buffalo, bringing one of my friends Mm -hmm. with me to Buffalo for two reasons. One is my daughter is DJing at an Mm -hmm. event that I get to attend. I've never seen her in action. I've only seen her on, um, Instagram Mm -hmm. (laughs) to do it. But she's opening for a drag show. And I'm so excited about doing the whole watch her DJ, watch the drag show in Buffalo. I got a really cool headpiece to wear, a little fascinator with a big old bow. And I'm excited. It's going to be fun. That sounds so much fun. I've never been to a drag show, which I'm I'm so upset at myself for the opportunities. Just like never. Because I feel like you can't just like go to a drag show by yourself. You got to go like with someone or to watch yeah. a certain person or something. So one of these days I gotta get up a, could, a bunch of friends and go to a drag it's, show. It's so much more fun when you have somebody to watch with, yeah. right? It's like so a concert, right? Like oh, going yeah. with people is fun. I sh- I should bring I have if I know that people Ooh. who watch it can't see that I've got this this um rainbow flag. So or flag fan. So I will bring my put it right here next to my phone so I don't forget. So I can do the nice. whole fan thing. Yeah. <laughs> Love it. That sounds It'll like it's gonna be fun. so much fun. Oh, Take I think pictures so, sure. so that I can see. Oh, I will for sure. Absolutely. I'll be gramming it. Is that what we call it? Gramming? I don't know. Whatever. I guess. <laughs> so I'm so old. <laughs> oh, I ha- I follow a drag person on TikTok. Um, I think the, I can't remember exactly the handle, but Kine, K-Y-N-E is their name. And they're a mathematician, like a freaking phenomenal mathematician. And they do their little little I mean, that's, that's so diminutive when you say that they do their 60 second which is what i meant by little um tiktoks in full drag and i'm like oh my mm-hmm. god they're so gorgeous and, i've seen them before yeah i just googled her it's yeah. just so fabulous i ordered the math book comes out in march and i ordered the book i'm like i don't I, I sound like that stereotypical i don't even like math i mean i do it's <laughs> interesting i'm it's not where i have chosen to focus my energies so i never became really good at it which is why i like yeah. my calculator but uh <laughs> i'm so excited to read the book from the perspective of drag so it's gonna be a lot of fun um but yeah so, cool. so i just love it it's, it's gonna be fun but um yeah i love your topic for today and we kind of like you, you came with a topic and as often happens, we morphed it a little bit, mm-hmm. but let's talk yeah. about feminism. And I think, I don't know, somehow drag fits in there somewhere too, right? But um, absolutely, I, I love the idea of talking about feminism. There's been so much in the news this year. I know we try not to get too political, but just the idea of women having um, autonomy over their own reproductive systems and things like that. It's been a huge uh, part of our existence here in the United States for the last two years, for sure. Maybe even longer than that, I literally don't remember when it happened I just remember mm-hmm. crying but um yeah but to what does it mean to be a feminism what does it mean to support feminists and what does it mean to raise feminists right so like I know you don't have kids yet but I raised a feminist I'm super proud of that and what does that all mean so what what does it mean to you Allie let's let's kick it off to you throw it over your way yeah 
Well, so I think it's cool that we started off talking about drag because I think that I had to explain to someone recently the difference between cross-dressing and drag. Drag is a form of cross-dressing. Cross-dressing just means you are wearing clothes that are have been gendered to the opposite person, right? So if you're a, a man, you are wearing quote-unquote female clothes and vice versa, it's cross-dressing. And you can cross-dress for any number of reasons, some of which are sexual, but not all. Um, and drag specifically, and I feel like a lot of people don't necessarily know this, the art form was specifically, and I'm worried that I'm going to come across sounding ignorant because I don't, I mean, I don't know the whole history of drag, but from what I understand, um, the art form of drag is, is primarily focused on satirizing and parodying and critiquing and picking apart the hyper feminization of women. Mm-hmm. So that's why when you look at a drag queen, typically you see giant hair and exaggerated makeup and big lips and big fake boobs sometimes and like right. jewelry and high heels. And it's all of these things that we think of as extremely feminine mm-hmm. um, to just the nth degree to kind right. of try to show like all of these things are ridiculous <laughs> and they they don't actually really mean anything. Um, and I know that lots of different drag queens have lots of different like philosophies on um, that sure. idea and their approaches to it. But I always found that to be really interesting. And I believe that drag is inherently feminist because it is intentionally like analyzing and critiquing and pointing out the challenges that come with being a woman. Mm -hmm. Um, So to me, feminism is about being aware of those challenges first and foremost, Um, being aware that they exist, being open to learning about them. If you are not a woman and don't experience those things. Um, And I don't even know if I would say feminism is about trying to fight that sort of oppression, because I think you can be a feminist in a more passive, supportive way rather than being mm-hmm. someone out there who's marching and protesting and that kind of things. There's there's sure. a, a and a scale of um the actions that you can do to 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 show mm-hmm. your feminist ideals and beliefs. Um but it really comes down to acknowledging the challenges that women have to go through mm-hmm. um and trying to find ways to alleviate those challenges. Yeah. Um and I've been thinking a lot about feminism, you know, writing my my new podcast um, because it's all about women in horror. So right. I'm doing lots of research on various forms of, of feminism and things like that. Um, and it's super interesting because I feel like people think of feminism as like this this dialogue of oh boohoo woe is me I'm a woman and I'm a victim and feel bad for me right. give me special treatment and blah 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 and in some ways, in some circumstances, yeah, it is about that. It is like, yeah, parts of my life really suck. And I want people to know that. And I want people yeah. to to sympathize and empathize with me. But mm-hmm. most of it, the the systemic parts of it and the parts that like push things forward are what's the problem? How can mm-hmm. we solve the problem? You right. know, how many women are being victimized? How many women are being left out of job opportunities? Let's gather all that information and then attack those individual problems. And sometimes mm-hmm. that's, you know, you are a business owner and you, as a feminist, you decide you are going to go out of your way to interview and hire more women. 
that could mean that you as a young woman are going to go to marches and to protests and call your Congress people and those sorts of things. Like there's so many different ways to display that. Um, and to me, feminism, being a feminist means supporting all women mm-hmm. without um in a way that is cognizant of the different challenges that different types of women have to go through mm-hmm. the experience and the of and the different choices mm-hmm. they make. Yes, exactly. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, you could look at a wealthy, white, educated, able-bodied, um, neurotypical white woman. Mm-hmm. And you can look at a disabled woman of color um, in poverty and say, wow, those are two vastly different experiences. Mm-hmm. But according to the society we live in, there are, there are ways in which all women um, suffer. And, right. it, and a lot of those other things can contribute to that. They can help alleviate that suffering. Um, they can make the suffering worse. They can make the suffering better. But there is this like universal concept of being a woman and what that Mm -hmm. comes with the burdens and the privileges that that comes with um and so you know a little bit before the podcast we were talking about the idea of intersectionality and i'm definitely Mm going to do more reading and research about exactly what that means Mm -hmm. um but i know parts of that have to do with like acknowledging that the feminist actions that a wealthy white woman needs to alleviate whatever her suffering is are going to be very different than right. what a trans w- woman of color might need for her. Yes. Um, yes. But both of those things, supporting both of those people is feminist. Yes. Um, it's just paying attention to, you know, there's not a one size fits all solution for all women. Right. But all women have these struggles. So it's yeah. that's a, such a roundabout way of answering your, your question. <laughs> but we're prone to stream yeah. of consciousnesses on this podcast. I I saw I I use an app that's an anonymous app that people post their thoughts and things like that. And I don't want to say what the app is because it's got some negativity associated with it. But I love to go through and just read what people when they don't have to put their name and face attached to their thoughts. I love like the social aspect of seeing what people feel free to post. Mm-hmm. And yeah, people will post racist stuff in there. People will post, you know, anti-left, anti-right, whatever. But what, what one that comes to mind talking about feminism, like there's a lot of people that purport to be men, because sometimes you can see if they're male, female age range, but they can also hide that. But some people will purport to be a man and see like and and post something along the lines of um, the only good woman is one who decides to stay home and raise her kids or something like that. But what what I the one that comes to mind was a person and, and again whatever they post is uh, as their own personal thing. So they purported to be a young woman, so a woman in their twenties is what they identified as female twenties, um, and within the United States said. I'm not a feminist. I choose to stay home and make dinner for my husband and raise our kids and keep a nice house. And I responded to that and I said, oh, you chose that? So you are a feminist. (laughs) Yeah. Or you you benefit from feminism. Yeah, The fact that you have a choice. Yeah, You have a choice. Exactly. And that you choose, that's the lifestyle you're choosing for yourself. And that I don't know whether that person was in a relationship or not in a relationship, but they were 
talking hypothetical or they actually are, you know, a, a stay at home wife and mother and whatever, you know, more power to you. If that's the way that you are wanting to be a woman in your life mm-hmm. and other people can support that, honey, I got news for you. That is f- feminism, right? You benefit so- that person benefits from yeah. the feminists that have come before her that have yes. given her the right to choose. There yes. is, I was actually talking to my partner about this yesterday. There is this thing right now on social media called the trad wife movement, which is like mm. traditional wife. And it's yeah. people like that who are mm-hmm. like, yes, I I believe that you should, you know, get up before your husband and do your hair and makeup so that, you know, he doesn't see you, blah, blah, blah. And I believe you <laughs> should, look, you know, wear heels to cook dinner, whatever, all of these yeah. things, right? Yeah. And the difference to me is it's like, yeah, if that's the way you want to live your life, feminism is about everyone being able to make the decision for themselves when that breaks down is like, I remember seeing a post from one woman who was basically saying, if you don't live this way, you are X, Y, Z, bad words. You know, you're the problem. You're blah, blah, blah. And that is so hurtful Mm -hmm. to the the feminist movement and the ideals of feminism because there was such a long time where and and I mean there's still places in the world like this where women can't choose what kind of lifestyle they want they can't choose right. how to spend their time everything's dictated for them they so, can't get driver's licenses they can't show their face in public yeah can't have bank accounts all of these things mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. for us living in America and I mean there's still little pockets of America that are uh behind but for the Mm -hmm. most part living in america a woman has the ability more or less to decide what kind of lifestyle she wants to live and that is directly because of feminists who came before and fought Mm -hmm. for those rights for women to be able to have a bank account right Mm -hmm. like there are parts of america where um what is it it's like if you like if like i'm married there are parts of of America where if I want to get a divorce from my husband, like it's I can't unless he also decides he wants to get right. a divorce. Right. Mm-hmm. Like there are laws in place to make it so that women cannot get out of marriages. Right. Without their husband's, you know, emphatic consent and so on. So mm-hmm. like. There are all it's really, really, really all about choice. And like you mentioned before, like reproductive rights, that's where Mm -hmm. the question of feminism comes in there, because, yes, women should be able to choose um, what to do with their bodies Mm -hmm. in terms of when and how and where and all these things to have children. Um, And yeah, for the for the government to to take those choices away from mm-hmm. you I, I don't even know them rights but those choices um right. is extremely harmful to mm-hmm. that movement of feminism yeah um the other so, thing yeah, that... there's there's so many deep parts of this mm-hmm. that you can go into and i feel like so many people just see the surface level oh, if you're a feminist it means you hate men mm-hmm. and yeah some feminists hate men but that's some not do. that's yep. not the point but true feminism wants equality that's the whole mm-hmm. idea. The Equal Rights Amendment that never has actually passed, that was a huge thing of bra burning and all of that in the 70s, was not about female superiority, women's superiority. Mm-hmm. It's like, just 
just give us what everybody else has, like make it even, make it level, make it just, there's got to be some justice in this, right? Like they burned their bras in the seventies so that we don't have to today, but it doesn't mean that everything's fixed. And there's still such inherent within families, raising people who are just like them to not agree with the fact to keep, to keep women down, to keep people of color down. Like that's what racism is. That's what sexism is. That's what genderism is. That's what ableism, like all of the isms, right. Are coming from all of, from all of that. Um, and, and it's, it's hard. It's hard to undo. It's hard for me. Like we've talked about my, you know, my, my journey as an ally having to unthink and unlearn the things that I grew up just knowing to be true Mm-hmm. which weren't actual truths, right? But knowing to be true because that's what was taught to me. And you don't, yeah. you get to a certain point in your life where you're like, that doesn't make a lot of sense. Like, wait, mm-hmm. why? You know, and those yeah. kinds of things and have and questioning those as opposed to just raising people to automatically ascribe value to all, right? And yeah. so that's the the whole thing about raising feminists and raising people who are socially aware. And like my daughter teaches me every day because she... I hopefully raised her to have those kinds of thoughts and, and be able to, and and think about challenging things. And she's challenged me and helped me grow over time Mm -hmm. for sure. We talked a little bit about that in the last episode um, or the one before, I can't remember. Now we were talking about our journeys of allyship and how that's um, coming out in a way um, of being an ally and, Mm -hmm. and growing and things like that. And, and I think about that. One of the other things that I see on the same app is, is guys will post this thing. And again, I'm assuming they're guys by what it says in their profile, but it says things like, um, imagine dating a woman with a body count over whatever number, eight, 10. Mm-hmm. And then they, they put the puking emoji, right? Like, mm-hmm. but nobody ever says like, imagine a man having sex with more than five women in their lifetime, yeah. right? Like kind of thing. It's like, okay, first of all, who cares? Who really cares? <laughs> and if it matters to you, fine then don't date somebody who's dated other people before. Like look for somebody who you can oppress, right? That kind of thing. It's like, (laughs) it's just interesting to me. Like I said, the things that people, definitely there are people that will say these things with their face and their name and their full chest, right? Like we, mm-hmm. we know, I think one of them's in a, in a prison in Romania or something right now. Who, what's his name? Andrew Tate. Yeah. Andrew oh, Tate. Andrew Tate. Right. There's a, what do they call them, The red pill guys or something like that. I yeah. Don't Right. There are definitely people who are still trying not only to perpetuate this within their own families, but make other men believe it and see it and feel it. Uh, there's a whole incel movement. Like we could actually talk for a whole week on a lot of this stuff, um, you know, because women only have value if they are virgins and they're pretty and they're thin and, you know, they want that. But, but as soon as that woman rejects that man, then she's a slut and she's ugly and she's fat. Like that literally is what happens. If you read Reddit, there's like incel tears, the incel, go to Reddit, read the incel tears (laughs) subreddit. You will see this over and over and over again. Oh gosh. It's like, it's just crazy. And just these people could be so much happier if they just open their mind a little bit. Right. And so, yeah, I don't know. I'm on a tangent now, but back to you. It's amazing. Like you, you mentioned a little while ago, like the things that you had to unlearn and there's a difference between reality and truth i think yes. your reality is what you are raised with what you were taught what you see around you that that clicks in your mind mm-hmm. and then there is truth i mean we're just talking mm-hmm. about red pill that's kind of what the matrix yeah. is right is like the matrix yep. is what you see around you that you believe to be true and the truth is what is 
irrefutable. Mm-hmm. Um, and it is very difficult to change your reality or to yeah. dismiss your reality. It's very difficult. It's very uncomfortable. But we are human beings. Mm-hmm. And we, I think it is part of our responsibility as human beings to seek truth, to seek to understand things, because we are the only being on this planet, in this mm-hmm. solar system at least, that right. can do that, mm-hmm. right? That can imagine what it is like for somebody else to empathize with somebody else. That's what mm-hmm. separates us from animals. So, like, it it baffles me how people can be so content for so long to live in a reality that just is not true Mm -hmm. um and it's scary like you know people like andrew tate he is a sex trafficker Mm -hmm. and you know i feel like people are like oh you know the incel thing is like those are extremes that's like there's there's not a lot of people like that but it's a growing movement yeah it is (laughs) there are more and more people who are subscribing to that every day Mm um and it's fine line between you know women can't code and mm-hmm. trafficking women for like yeah. there is a pipeline <laughs> um and it is it is very very scary and again mm-hmm. that's not to say all men are xyz right first that but you know when i look around at the people who are making decisions for women whether it's reproductive rights or whether it's people like andrew tate they're all men. Mm-hmm. So like, what are we supposed to do with, <laughs> with that information? Right. You know, exactly. um, you know, there, there are definitely women who are sexist. There are definitely mm-hmm. women like we just talked about who are totally down to, to keep other women down. Mm-hmm. Um, but the thing with that is they don't have those women, regardless of what they believe, don't have the institutionalized and systemic power to make that a reality. The men do. Mm-hmm. So, you know, talking about raising feminists, my sister is about to have a baby in a couple weeks and it's a girl and we're very excited. Um, But she was really frustrated at the beginning. She really wanted to have a boy because in her mind, and I happen to agree with this, um, she said, I would rather raise a boy to not be a monster rather than raise a girl to have to fight the monsters. Yeah, I, I, that resonates a hundred percent. Yeah. And I feel the same way. Like, you know, if, if I ever have a kid, I'll be happy with what I get. But if I could, if I could choose, I think I would choose to have a boy because they are going to go into the world automatically with more power. Mm -hmm. And that's not to say that women don't have power. I don't want that to be taken out of context. Right. But, but they have to fight for their power as opposed it is to have it be easier. something that is just, yeah. It yeah. is easier for men to be listened to. It's easier for them to get ahead. It's easier, easier for them to make change. And so it is so much on us as adults to, I think, particularly raise boys who are feminists. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, because I think kind of most women are going to end up feminists anyway, because it benefits us to be a feminist. Right. Right. Um, but at what and level so and what degree of feminism for sure. Right. right? I mean, like we but, already said that, but for sure. given that a boy is going to go into the world benefiting from a lack of feminism, mm-hmm. it is important to teach them that that's not okay. 
Right. Right. Um, so yeah, I hope that I one day have a boy so that I can, I can teach him to stand up for and help, help protect women who can't protect themselves. Um, and if I have a girl, I'll, I'll raise her to fight the monsters too. It's, it's, it's a different, and, and it's such a kind of conundrum where it's like, okay, well, women and we want women and men to be treated equally and we want everything to be equal. But the reality, the truth is that we don't, and we can't move through the world in the same ways, right? We have right. to be aware of the differences. And it's it's a really difficult line to walk in terms of, mm-hmm. yeah, I want employees to treat me or em- employers to treat me no different mm-hmm. than a male candidate. However, right. I want them to also be aware of the fact that I'm at a disadvantage and I want them to act accordingly. So it's mm-hmm. sometimes it's like hard to ask for that solution because it's it's so complicated yeah one of the people that I think is the most I don't want to say dangerous like physically dangerous I'm not like fearing for my life around but are the people and I'm gonna say men for the most part who say they're feminists and actually Mm -hmm. believe they're feminists but don't stand up to the test of what real feminism is yeah and I feel like a lot of those people are I mean, we have a term for people who say they're feminists, but do not not count trans women as mm-hmm. women. Mm-hmm. Uh, TERF, trans exclusionary yep. radical feminists. We've talked about that before. Mm-hmm. Um, there are people who will say they're feminists, but will not afford uh, women of color the same respect that they do white women. There are people yes. who say that they're a feminist and that really only counts for women that they find attractive. And if you mm-hmm. if they find you unattractive, you are now subject to any mm-hmm. amount of degradation or whatever. And yeah. it really has to be like no exceptions, no exclusions. Um, yeah. I still believe, you know, those trad women who are like, you know, if if you have sex before marriage, you are not, you know, a worthy person, blah, blah, blah. Those How women you still deserve right at your wedding. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Those women still deserve as much rights and as much protection and as much power as men do. Mm-hmm. They can be mm-hmm. wrong, right? It's yep. everyone's right to be wrong, but mm-hmm. as a human being, they deserve the same things that I would want to I would want women who I agree with to have, right? That right. I think is really what being a feminist is is It's so important. Getting yeah. everyone to that same level, level playing field and not making exceptions. Yeah. Um which can be hard when there are women that you don't agree with. I right. I think there's lots of women like in stuff who are not really helping the cause. And it's really hard yeah. to be like, you know, yeah. I, yeah, I know. I have to also include you as somebody who deserves all of these things, even though I kind of hate you. <laughs> like, right. It can be tough. <laughs> or at the um, very least, disagree with you. <laughs> yeah. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, so, yeah. It's not easy. I mean, Obviously, there are whole podcasts just about feminism and there are mm-hmm. books and, and all and kinds they, of stuff. But And they probably talk about it better than we do. But we are coming to <laughs> making sure that, that we bring it to our audience as well, for sure. Absolutely. Um, and yeah, I don't think we've ever, of course, we've talked about feminism in bits and pieces, but we don't, yeah. I don't think we have a full episode where we just I don't think we do, share yeah. our thoughts about that. And um Did- I don't know. I don't remember if I've ever talked about this on the podcast or not. And this is, this is definitely the difference between my being 55 and your being, I don't remember how old you are, 30, 30, whatever. 31. 
31. Okay. You and Lydia are <laughs> the same age. Okay. So I graduated high school in 1987. Mm-hmm. My daughter graduated from the same high school in 2010 mm-hmm. with the same guidance counselor that I had. Now Whoa. in yeah, now in 1987, I thought she was old. And of course, you know, I was 18 <laughs> when I know. Like anybody over their 30s was was old. But that guidance counselor told me in like 1985-86 when I'm starting to apply for colleges that I shouldn't even think about applying to college, that I should work um towards honing the skills to be a good wife and mother. Now, this was 1987. This was not 1945 or 54. This is 1987. And I graduated 21st in my class of over 300 people. So I was not, it wasn't like I had bad grades and uh, she was trying to discourage me from getting my hopes <laughs> up for getting into college. I had AP credits. I had all of this stuff, right? Like, I think y'all know I've got a brain in my, in my mind, in my brain in my skull god how do you not sound intelligent when i can't even talk about my own brain the irony of you stumbling over that sentence is so oh my gosh that's great i y'all know i got the smarts (laughs) i can talk real good um (laughs) but but so you know i had the grades i had the extracurriculars and everything that should say to anybody helping young people plan their future that this person should be successful in a four-year college now and i'm not saying everybody needs a four-year college education that i'm mm-hmm. we could talk about education another time because for me it was the right step whatever but for somebody in that day and age this is post burn your bra era right to say yeah. I shouldn't even worry about going to college was so discouraging. But on the other hand, I was like, fuck you. I'm going to do what I want. do it anyway. <laughs> right. And I end up with, you know, several degrees and, you know, y'all know where I'm sitting now enjoying the fact that I have this voice and ability to do a lot of really cool things. But my daughter, <laughs> she ended up with the same guidance counselor. I went in to meet with the vice principal or assistant principal, whatever they call them now. And I said, I don't want this woman to be my daughter's guidance counselor. And they said, why? I said, because she is not a proponent of young women. And they said, she might have changed a lot in the last 20 years, Michelle. And I said, she might have, but she might not have either. I said, let's leave it at this. If my daughter ever feels like she's not able to move forward with her plans and her dreams with this woman, as her guidance counselor, then we will change it. And they said, okay, we'll agree to that. And she had changed a lot. And she did not discourage oh, Lydia from doing the things she wanted to do. But Glad for somebody that. in 1987 to say, who ha- who had a degree herself, because she's sitting yeah. in a position <laughs> in a school, you know, um, yeah, it just boggled my mind. And so it is so easy for people to affect young minds by telling them what they can and cannot do. I want people to think about that when they talk to young minds about what Mm -hmm. they can and cannot do and always err on the side of helping them feel good about their dreams and their goals. Yeah. Whatever their choices are, Mm -hmm. like if they want to go to college, if they want to be a stay at home wife and take care of kids, like exactly. You can do whatever the heck you want. That's right. My mom always told me when I was little, she was like, you can be anything you want except for Pope. Yeah. And I always remember that. <laughs> she was like, you can never, ever, ever be Pope, but you can be anything else yeah. that you want. Turns out I didn't want to do that job anyway. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, so I'm, I'm okay super glad that. that 
I'm super glad that that did not repeat itself with Lydia because that I mean yeah. I think Lydia would have been like yeah right okay whatever and like, yeah, oh, yeah. out of there yeah. um but it's really cool to hear that that woman has has changed and yeah. I'm yeah. I'm really curious as to why or like what happened or if she said that to the wrong person who just gave it right back like what yeah. what might have happened to have changed her mind because what she said to you that was her reality mm-hmm. and it sounds like her reality has changed and that's yeah. really fascinating to me I also wonder who of my uh, fellow students at the same mm-hmm. time who of my peers might she have dissuaded instead of encouraged I I, yeah. I don't know who knows there was there was over 300 of us I lost track of everybody over time but yeah. I I didn't really have a guidance counselor in high school. I wish I had. But like, mm-hmm. I remember like talking about the whole, you know, preparing for college, being a woman, blah, blah, blah. I remember my best friend and he's since apologized for saying this. Um, he's a white passing Hispanic man. Mm-hmm. And I remember him saying to me when we were applying to colleges, he was like, oh, you have it so easy. And I was like, why? And he was like, you're a girl and you're black and the colleges are going to like all the mm. colleges are going to want you for that affirmative like they don't action want, yeah yeah they don't want the straight white guys anymore like they want you know diversity and i was uh. like excuse me like uh. first that's so offensive to boil me down to those two things and he knew how smart i was i graduated 15th out of 700 wow that's amazing to be fair, that's fantastic to be fair he was the valedictorian he graduated first out of 700 um and he's you he weren't that far behind. <laughs> I was not that far behind, and I was very proud of that fact. Um, so I was I was very like that was one of the very few things that he ever said that really hurt me because I was like, even if you're right, <laughs> even if the colleges are looking for that, like that's such a that's such a discouraging thing to say, right? Mm-hmm. Boiling me down to this just those yeah. two things, right? Yeah, like that's so that's so upsetting. And I did. I only applied to one college and I got into that college. And so I never really got to test that to see, yeah. you know, how many colleges would have just, you know, nabbed me up for those things. But mm-hmm. um, yeah, yeah, it's it's a challenge. So I, I once had a man at the church I used to go to tell me why women weren't or t- tell me that women couldn't do everything that men could do. And why women shouldn't be in the ministry. Because I studied, that was my undergrad, was mm-hmm. religion and philosophy. And I looked him in the face, and, and I'm going to eat my words, by the way. I looked him in the face. I said, every woman can't do every job. I cannot do construction work. I am not, I've not built my body in a way to be a construction mm-hmm. worker. But you cannot show me anything that a man does that there isn't a woman on this planet that could also do except sperm donor. And now <laughs> knowing the trans women that I know in my life, I take those words back because that's not yep. exactly true anymore. So <laughs> so there is literally nothing. And that we that they can't be Pope right now doesn't mean that that can't happen someday. That's true. So they might one day change the rules. <laughs> that's right. That's right. So trans men can have babies. Trans women can donate sperm if they want to. And I am not going to stand in anybody's way of achieving their dreams. Yeah. Except Andrew Tate. He can rot in prison. <laughs> yeah, seriously. Let's end on that note. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Rot in prison, Andrew Tate. And we'll see y'all next week. We'll see you next week. Bye. Bye.
This episode was sponsored by the following companies. The Blogsmith. The Blogsmith is a holistic content marketing agency for B2B technology brands that creates data-driven content with a great reader experience. Visit theblogsmith.com to learn more. Thank you so much to our sponsors for this episode. If you're interested in sponsoring an episode, using our database, or just want to say hi, go to underrepresentedintech.com. See you next week.